Hello, my name is Robert J. Rosenthal. I'm the managing editor at the San Francisco Chronicle, and you are listening to a podcast from the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, I love that. That was <laughs> incredibly corny. Let's go with that. That's a that's a great theme song. Uh, welcome to Tim Goodman's TV Talk Machine. Is that the name of our show? I think that's the name. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go with that. We've uh, we've got a logo for it. I've written about it ten times, and yet I don't know the title. What do you think about that? I think that's good. Are you decided on that though? I have decided. This is the on first that. episode of it. This is the first episode, and people will probably be curious as to what what your voice is doing on the first <laughs> uh, the first podcast. Uh, we have, I have with me, we, should I talk to my, about myself in the third person? You're not that big The yet. royal we. No, today's guest, uh, playing the part of Message Boy, which will be an ongoing feature on this podcast, is, uh, Joe Garofoli, who's the, uh, Chronicle's, uh, media writer, or is it media critic? I'm a media writer. Media I'm writer, which means, uh, unlike me, you actually, uh, work hard and actually interview people. I correct? come out, yeah, I take off my pajamas and I come into the office. You get the robe off. Unlike yes. me, I'm yeah. in my robe right now. It's a shorty robe. It's a shorty robe. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, no, so uh, this is our first podcast. We're going to work out all the kinks we can here. We're going to have a, a, a rotating uh, series of guests, but you will play Question Boy. I am the Question Boy. You, yeah, and you will be reading me questions from readers. We've got a, a slew of uh, uh, emails, and we also have some voicemails which we're gonna, uh, that were left on our, our number. And we're going to take those and, and probably not have the answer to it. You know what? I'm going to get started. Let's get started with some of the emails we got for this very first disastrous podcast, which I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll look back on and look like the Hindenburg. You know, this is our first one. By the 31st one, it's going to sound Absolutely. We're, like, cre- we're creating new media right here. This is, this is art. And I think by our, 30, our 31st one, it's going to be a little bit like public access radio. That's my goal. From that. All right, give me, let's give me your first, well, the, give me my first email message. The first one is from uh, Muffy. It's a real, real name, Muffy in San Francisco. Muffy. Muffy. All right. I like Muffy. Just, just, <laughs> just go with just it. Keep just keep walking. Just keep walk away from walk it. Walk away. Don't, don't, don't look back at yeah. it. Love your columns and now your blog. I await your podcast. Being new to the iPod thing, but already signed up for too many podcasts. So what is one more? When is CYE coming back? Now, this is a TV insider. That's very TV CYE insider. is... Curb your enthusiasm. We have watched the old ones over and over. And when I check HBO, there's no word. Do you have any inside info? Thanks. Thanks, Muffy. I think did Muffy... She, you know, didn't, she didn't sign it. She just said she thanks. Just said, yeah. Did she say love Muffy? She didn't say love Muffy. <laughs> she, there was no, nothing connected to the Muffy. Okay. Uh, you know what? There's a little bit of a story behind that. First, the, the, the straight-up answer for Muffy is, no, I have no idea when it's coming back. Pretty helpful. This, this, is, uh, this show will be jam-packed with information. This is, uh, you know, I think we go from here uh, just downward because that's all I've got. We've got no an- – no, I'm kidding. Um, it is coming back, but there, HBO hasn't decided when uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm will be coming back. But there's an interesting thing. Last July, uh, I was in Los Angeles at the Television Critics Association press tour. And uh, also known here in the Chronicle as the Death March with Cocktails. And I asked Chris Albrecht about whether Curb was going to come back because it's fifth season or the last season. I, I just didn't think it was up to par. I'm not sure. You watched CYE. I did. I agree with you. Yes. I'm a CYE fan. Not up to par? No. First couple seasons, brilliant. Uh, last year, it seemed like they lost their way. I think so too. And a part of that is I think that the kind of the squirm inducing, uh, that kind of like ratchet up the embarrassment factor. 
it just sometimes it becomes too much. And at the, at the first few seasons, it seemed very off the cuff and unscripted. And in the last couple of seasons, a little bit forced. This last one in particular didn't work for me. So I thought for sure, because a lot of the critical reaction to it has always been positive uh, for people who got it. And in that last episode, or that last season, I should say, uh, not that great uh, critical reaction, including on on my end. And, I, and so I, anyway, I asked Chris Albrecht as it was coming back. And he had said, you know, no, that uh, that they had um, given up the idea of of actually bringing it back. And then um, Larry had a change of heart. And but he's that, into it. He's doing into doing another season. He's into doing. He said he came up with an idea, and that it was an idea he thought could play out over ten episodes. And um, it's not to be another musical with Mel Brooks or anything. No, no, no. I didn't really like that one either. Yeah. But uh, and it probably won't have anything to do with the. Uh, with the chef that has Tourette's, which was a little bit of genius, I thought. It was. That last episode was genius. I'm a sucker for swearing and anger, uh, usually in that order or combined, and I and so that worked for me. But anyway, so um, Larry David, um, that was the Larry, the aforementioned Larry for... Larry, you call him Larry. You're in the business. Well, you know, You're well, kind you know. of, you know... If you, if you know what CYE is, I can call him Larry. Absolutely. And uh, he decided that he had an idea, and he'll bring it back, but there is no specific date for, for Muffy, but... Uh, Muffy, you can be guaranteed that the Chronicle will have uh, a full preview. You'll be all over that as soon as the news breaks. Absolutely. I will be uh, all over it, if not a day late. <laughs> this next one is uh, from PNM. So, Tim, he's a, it's a longtime reader and poster of TBM, which stands for? The Bastard Machine. Uh, PNM's question is, not including shows on pay channels, HBO, Showtime, etc., what do you believe is, was the best comedy and best drama on broadcast TV in the last 20 or 30 years. Wow. I'm well not not being 30 myself, I don't really know uh uh how far I can go back on that. Um wow, not on pay cable. Well, uh there are no good shows that are not on pay cable. So I think that no, I'm just kidding. Uh, just to back up, P&M is a poster on the Bastard Machine. And of course, uh, the TV talk machine is a uh, kind of a cross-platform Disney. It's several several different media. I'm in a you know I'm all I'm worldwide now. I just you know it's just this is this Disney esque uh, synergy that you feel here, and uh, and also doing this for free, which it's, is and the the bastard machine is for free. Also. It's that is for free either. I'm not sure if people uh, uh, have read that a thousand times per week as I write that I'm doing for free. I'm just waiting for for Bronstein, Phil Bronstein. I don't, to, he, I don't think he must not be reading. He must not be reading the blog. And in fact, I'm sure of it. And I'm going to start running his picture uh, or me with my hand out would be instead of just saying you that could I'm doing do it for like free. a cron watch type of thing. Just <laughs> fifty four days without responding 50, to your request for a raise. Exactly, fifty four days without a raise. That is a great cron watch on my race. Uh, so P and M is a is a bastard machine uh, poster. So twenty or thirty years best broadcast drama or comedy. Okay, I'm gonna have to say, and this is this is I'm sure I, I really am a little bit older than thirty, but not that much. I'm gonna say the best scripted. This is a little different uh, for with live live action people because I because I do believe that The Simpsons is one of the greatest television shows that's ever been created. So I'm gonna put The Simpsons down for uh, for a comedy, but that's an animated category. I would say the scripted one. There's been a lot of good ones. I think that in this country, we're going to talk about American television. I, I'm going to have to go with Seinfeld because it, it it's just it's enduring. Of course, you can't watch it now that Michael Richards is a racist. So maybe, maybe we should just scratch that. It's it's unwatchable now. So because you you expect him to go into teretic rant, racist rant sometimes I when just, he barges in. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I did watch a rerun the other day, and I can't. I can't really watch it with him. But but you know, just for the record, for I would say that that Seinfeld is one of my picks, and I would also go. Um, Maybe, you know, that's a four-camera traditional uh, sitcom with a laugh track. It accomplished a lot of smart, savvy 
television stuff that normally doesn't get done unless it's on cable. And my other pick, though, would be the more recent Fox show, Arrested Development, which, of course, I was all over from the start, and and now it's kind of embarrassing my, my yeah, love you're for You're still it. talking about it. It's been off the air for a year, and you're still I, lamenting that. I still I, – I'm I'm I get a little weepy. I get a little uh, dew-eyed, and um, – I could. I wish the the listeners could see the dew in your eyes right now. I look like a sad clown right now. I have my sad clown face on because it's you know, Arrested was one of my favorite shows in 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 the modern era of television criticism. from when I entered it, which is about <laughs> ten years ago. Uh, so that's it's, that's what I mean. At it's at it's after Tim. That's right. And uh, so Arrested Development, I I, I still I still and find what about it, drama? that holds up. Drama, yeah, drama is a good one because you can go. You know, if you're gonna st- most of the dramas that I like are. You know, clearly, if anybody's read any of these year-end lists, it's they're all on pay cable mostly. So PBS does a lot of really good stuff with Prime Suspect. It, one through seven are really favorites, and same thing with Cracker. But you know, those are those are imported. So I, I'm not sure if P and M wants it to be kind of a homegrown American thing because if there's anything that uh, the TV talk machine is, it's uh, patriotic. Absolutely. Aren't you thinking of running a flag icon in the, I would, in, if, in the if corner of it? If it'll get more listeners, even if they're right-wingers, and, 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 and they just want to do, like, hate radio, I don't care. If they just listen... I, yeah, let's... Well, we'll TV is in. the great equalizer. There is no left and right There is television. no left and right. There is only a middle, and we're all on the right. couch together. Absolutely. Wow. We should put that like on our slogan. We'll, we'll finally tune that. Yeah. Um, dramas, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, so if it was a homegrown drama, I'd say, look... Uh, I think that when when drama really started getting good on the broadcast networks was when Hill Street Blues came out, because I think that what that did was sort of revolutionize our cop shows and also how we how we watch television. I mean, if you go back and look at that, uh, the things that Bosco was doing that no one had ever done before is kind of like what you and I are doing, which is a natural conversation where we're talking over each other. And right, right. It's, it's kind of a he's we're re- reinventing a medium like he did. This is <laughs> we, shaky handheld camera of podcasting, right? Yes, now. The, exactly. This is the yes. This that is very good. See, I don't even need to fix that. That's that's good. Uh, but us talking over each other, I'm sure, making no sense, is kind of what happened on Hill Street Blues. They they had cameras following actors. They had people falling in and out of conversations without finishing them. They had voices overlapping each other. There was a sort of a realism to Hill Street that um, you know. Other shows would emulate later on. So I think Hill Street was really started it. Uh, Homicide Life in the Street, I think, was one of the great underrated dramas of all time. And it still holds up. But I will tell you, I go back now that I'm a Wire aficionado, which I think The Wire on HBO is maybe the best television show that's ever been on. And I know that's a big statement to make, and I've done that in print. But I, I really think that The Wire is a great television achievement. And if you go, if you watch The Wire, if you're a fan of that, and you go back and you watch something like Homicide, which is what eventually spawned The Wire, it doesn't hold up quite as well because it is a broadcast network series. So it doesn't hold up quite as well with um, Do you think that's because of the violence and the language, or do you think it's, it's, it, the restrictions are so great on broadcast TV? Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that the, um, it's also of its time, you know, uh, in 2006 and seven, you know, and, and five when, when The Wire was starting out and you're on HBO, you, have, you don't have to worry about advertisers. You can use swear words. You can use violence. You can, uh, you know, the nudity is not so much in play in, in the, the Wire unless they're dead, you know. Right. Um, although the Omar, they had full frontal nudity on Omar. That is true. Was Did you impressive. freeze frame your TV on that? Of course, because that's my job as a television critic. I need to, I need to see... I need to see everything, and it was it was frightening. It was, you need to uh, see little Omar. <laughs> it wasn't really that little, but yeah, it was very impressive. But you know, there's just more than they can get away 
the more they can get away with on um, on HBO. So those shows are inherently going to be better. But as far as broadcast, I'm sure I'm going to miss I'm going to miss one, and I'll we'll do another podcast, and I'll just keep changing my mind. By the 31st podcast, I'll, you know, it'll be like um, Different Strokes or something will be my favorite drama. Wow. Uh, let's go to letter number three. Hi, Tim. We bandied something around my dinner table the other day and wonder what you might think. Wow. This if, is a narrative, I can tell. This, this is a narrative. So, so, so get comfortable <laughs> on this one. And, and just imagine the family around the dinner table talking about television and, and you know. Yes, like other we all than do. The, other than at the Goodman House. Right. We're just, yeah, true. Go. If, mm-hmm. as is predicted, television and the internet merge into a medium where people can watch programming on demand, and if, as is predicted, services that provide the, that kind of programming could track the IP addresses of all the subscribers, wouldn't we all be Nielsen families, in a manner of speaking? In other words, if a network puts a program on the internet and can track the number of hits, repeat views, and geographic location of the viewers, wouldn't that eclipse the current method of gathering television ratings. And if that happens, do you suppose, <laughs> this is a question number 27 <laughs> if you're keeping track at home, how do you suppose it would impact the creation of new programs? Could we see shows that are, under, that are underrepresented in the current Nielsen method stick around longer? Could we see more niche demographic shows? If anyone anywhere on the planet could choose their programming from any producer, would you see Americans watching more UK, Canadian, and Australian shows, and vice versa? Just, just some food for thought. And that's Annette. Right and now. okay, excellent. Well, um, can you uh, repeat that? I fell asleep in the middle. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> can we just uh, the first five questions? It was or? actually. It's a very, very smart question it from is. Annette, and uh, clearly, I'm not. She's got the wrong show because it's too smart for 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 me. Uh, and also, I think we'll just use uh, Annette uh, for as an example that the questions in the future, when they're sent through uh, email, need to be uh, like a whole hell of a lot shorter. Because right. that's I can't I can't remember a word you said. No, I'm gonna I want I'll just I will briefly touch on that. There's because people talk about this merging between the internet. I'll shorten her question and meaning you know if, if networks are going to put shows up on the internet and can we track their IP address and make us all Nielsen families is essentially what she said, you know, in 50 words or fewer. Thank you. Uh, I I don't see that happening. I I think that it's 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 actually very interesting if you could track the IP address. Is that even legal? I'm not sure. We do it all the time at the Chronicle. I'm just kidding. But you know, I'm not sure if that is, is is something that would be getting into territory where it would be legal or not. But the, it go. I think this the answer to her, her question is actually a pre question because she's talking about oh everything's going to be on the internet and that's how we're going to watch television. You know, that's what uh, uh, Bill Gates said at the at this recent convention he was at. But I think we're we're light years away from that. People think it's right around the corner. I honestly don't. I mean, most people. First of all, the the video quality is you know when you enlarge it is not that good and. I just don't think we're at the point now where people are going to be watching a lot of television um, on their computers. I, and I taught a class at the California College of the Arts, and, where everybody was in their, mostly in their twenties, and you know they were watching stuff on 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 the internet, but not you know they would transfer it. They would transfer it to a bigger Mac, or they would you know they would download it and watch it watch it somewhere else. But even on their television sets. But the nut problem here, and I've addressed this before in my column, is that you know Bill Gates and everybody thinks that at some point that the computer is going to actually deliver all the content. It's not. Uh, the broadcast networks are never going to give up the content unless somebody, unless Gates or somebody else or Google wants to start making their own shows. And believe me, when you open that door, now you've got some problems because everybody thinks that making content is easy and, oh, I can do it. But all you got to do is look on YouTube, and the first thing that you realize is that, well, clearly not everybody can do it. I mean, half the stuff on there, I mean, it's just like cats are falling asleep and, you know, somebody's playing with their saber and, and you know, it's just... 
well, I don't know. They're they're recreating scenes from Star Wars. It's just you know that plays for two minutes or three minutes or whatever, but it's not going to play for thirty minutes and certainly not for an hour. And so you're looking at content providers, and already I'm bored with this answer, but I just, I'm just i going to finish it to the end because, you know, God bless Annette. She was one of our first emailers. And is there a prize for that? Well, or? no, she, but I, she will get a prize for having killed our very first podcast because <laughs> it's, this has clearly gone on too long. But, you know, no one will, will – no network is going to give up – no one network is going to give up their programming and give it to the internet. It will run after the fact. So it's going to still be made for television. It's still going to get its advertising dollars based on an upfront – um, from from advertisers, it's not going to be delivered coming through your computer for any time in the, in the near future, at least in the way she said it. And, and, but again, I think let's go back and say that that, that kind of question is just too smart, and uh, those should be directed at somebody who's well, just well. Then you will be happy to smarter. hear the next question from Dorian. Dorian, excellent. Yes. Will Men in Trees continue? Because I really enjoy it. That's the kind of brevity and easy answerability that we like on the TV talk machine. And I, I, frankly, I don't know that one either. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, Men in Trees, uh, it's, it, all shows right now, if they're not canceled or they're not like Studio 60, just pulled off the air and kind of sitting there like lame ducks uh, all, in hiatus land, all shows right now are technically on the bubble unless they're a big hit and they've been re-upped. Like Heroes has been re-upped re for a second season. Men in Trees, um, I could be totally wrong about this. And as Bruce Jenkins of The Chronicle has said many times uh, in his stuff where he predicts what uh, teams will finish where in the baseball it's like being dead wrong in public. So I'm sure I'll be dead wrong in public here on the TV talk machine many times. But Men in Trees has not been picked up. But, but my, it's on ABC. My bet is that it will come back. It's Anne Heche, who, uh, as, you, as you know, because you're a celebrity follower, yes. is now dating her co-star. That's, and has that done anything for ratings, though? It did. It actually it – I think it did spike ratings. Men in Trees and has actually it was been worth up. it. It was worth it. She – ruining a marriage – for ratings and I've oh absolutely I'm going on every record. time yeah absolutely absolutely and I think you should put Anna Hayes in anything because you don't know what she's going to do she could go crazy she could go crazy she could go lesbian she could go back again she could marry somebody I think she married a cameraman Polk Lafoon I think it was when he wasn't he the well, heir Polk, to the Knight Ritter fortune he was a uh, a a son of a Knight Ritter uh, uh, some sort of executive some, there one of the big editors over there who's probably you know now in retirement when you name your kid Polk. Polk, you, Polk Lafoon is his name. I, but you know what? I, hey. Godspeed to the guy. But, he's, but she, but she left him, and she went for her co-star. So anyway, I, I think the answer to her question is Dorian, right? Dorian, and it doesn't not say a gender on that. Uh, I'm going to go with female. I think Dorian. Uh, the answer to your question is yes. I my my bet is men and trees will come back. And again, let's put Anne Haitian in anything because you never know what's going to happen. Excellent. The next question is from Mike in San Francisco. Hi Tim, are you watching any shows in HD and 5.1? If so, do you think HD or SD makes That's any standard diff definition? Okay, mm -hmm. and HD for those, high definition okay, mm -hmm. makes any difference on whether or not you like a particular program. Ah, interesting. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. Certainly, I like my porn in high definition. Absolutely, so much better. Um, no, I'm just that's clearly a joke. Uh, as you well know, and I documented this on the Bastard Machine. Another reference to kind of cross-pollination. Yeah. Uh, the Chronicle did pony up for a television set for me. I got a high-definition set. Uh, one of the problems that happened uh, – do you think that all my questions – answers to the questions are going to be this completely long-winded? No, no one's listening at this it's point. It's a killer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. No one you know is, no one is We've listening The only person who's left now is Annette who hasn't had her answer yet. About, she, it may be coming later in the podcast. She is seeking my IP address, and she's going to stalk me. Uh, and killing me for not answering that question. No, you know, I have an HD set. 
And I will tell you, yes, it certainly looks better. Uh, you know, there's a bigger issue, has, which has been written about many times over, is that they're going to have to change the way that people are lit and the makeup on these actresses because you see – and actors because you see their – Wait, you talking about porn still or not? No, 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 no. I, I'm usually talking about either porn or cartoons, but not right now. We're talking about just real shows. Uh, the lighting on the stars, whether they be male or female – and how the makeup is done is totally different with HD because you can see all the pockmarks and the, the imperfections and the bags. Isn't it true that Cameron Diaz had some problems about her her uh, work being uh, broadcast in HD? Or am I, I making that up? I th I think that's a Mick LaSalle question because oh, uh, you know Cameron Diaz, listen, question boy, you want to stick to the stick to the medium, okay? <laughs> because you know she is a she's not a television star. Well, She's a lowly film star. She's not yeah. good enough right now to be on an ongoing television series. And many more people watch television, as you often oh, remind God. the readers. Oh, yeah. Let's, don't, don't even want to get in that fight. I mean, people – I mean, it's not even close. Shows that are canceled off of network television have more viewers. If, if those viewers all bought a ticket to one of the, any one of these movies, it would be the biggest summer blockbuster. It's just by far more people watch television. But the answer to this – and there is an answer in here somewhere, is that no, it, watching a television series in high def doesn't make it better. I think it makes it more interesting, and, and anybody who has an HD set knows that those first couple of weeks or even a month, you'll pretty much watch anything. I, I watched, like, bugs, just a bunch of bugs crawling around. Uh, Discovery Channel, animals, the animal humping and the running around and getting shot. I watched Sports Center in HD. Now there's... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because you want to get your sports scores... Totally they, glossy. There's number th numbers three and eight. They look so much. They're so, so much, much better. better in, you know, in and if you, even if your team, if you're in a fantasy league and your team loses, if the score's glossy, that's all that really matters. And if there's like a high HD special effect to it, I'm more likely to watch. But no, Mike from San Francisco. Uh, no, Mike, I I don't judge it any different. Although it looks better in HD, but you know, if the writing's not there and the acting chops aren't there, I don't care how clear they are. So this was from this shows the uh, the breadth of the TV talk machine. This next question is from Brian in Chicago, as you noted. It's it's very interesting that I I've gotten messages from Vancouver and New York and stuff. But good, Brian Brian from Chicago chipping in. It says, "Hey Tim, my list of top ten favorite TV shows almost entirely consists of HBO: The Wire, Sopranos, Extras, CYE, Entourage, Deadwood, Big Love, etc." What do you think it is about HBO that lets it consistently put out such high-quality work? This mm. person from HBO? Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually Chris Albrecht <laughs> from uh, HBO. No, it's uh, – <clears throat> Brian, I think that that's, that's – uh, I mean that's just – I can put that one in McCovey Cove. I mean that's just the easy one because it's – you know, they're not worried about ratings. So you don't have to have mass appeal. You know, The Sopranos is sort of a benchmark television series and yet the total numbers of viewers who watch like the most watched Sopranos episode – it pales in comparison to even sort of a mid-level hit on broadcast uh, networks. So, but if you're talking about quality, why are the, why is the quality there? One, they don't have to pander to the masses. I think that's key. Um, two, they keep the number of episodes down from 22, which really stretches things. You know, in England or Canada, uh, you're getting like six episodes. So HBO keeps it to 12 or 13, which I think is much more manageable for uh, the people that they bring in. They're on a good ship over there. They they don't greenlight everything. They have very few fail, failures. But I think what they're what they're able to do at HBO and and also Showtime and now a little bit FX and sometimes BBC America, but particularly on HBO and Showtime is to cater to an adult audience where you watching the show or not watching the show does not predicate whether it stays on the air or not. So they're just going to go for quality. They're going to hire the best writers. Their level of doing everything from production to writing 
to anything starts with the hiring of the you know David Milch, you know, or or, or David Chase. All all the best writers in television are are, are, are David Simon. I guess they're all named Davids. Um, hiring people you, named David is it, really the that that question boy. I think you're right on the key. If your name is David and you have a show on HBO. It's pretty much awesome. So that's the that thing. No, they just hire better people. And that was the last of the emailed questions. So, but we have, I think we have some people who I told from the bastard machine to go ahead and call in and uh, leave a question on a phone phone message. And I, I'll give that number again to people who are actually listening to this. It's four one five seven 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 eight eight two one. I feel like Ron. It's Allen's. like a, it's, I feel like a pledge break. Here. It is. It, it, <laughs> That is a great idea. Well, just send some money in in case you know the raise doesn't come. Well, because Phil's not—he's not kicking it in. If you like this blog, please <laughs> call in and write a pledge, or send money. I love the idea of a pledge. Oh, let's, we're going to do a pledge, pledge drive, drive. Yeah, but it's got to be—it it can't be this show because this show is a failure. But uh, support the bastard, the bastard yeah. machine. Let me get like five or six or seven of these under my belt, and you know I'm going to have Ken Burns on. Oh my gosh, that's how long is that show going to be? Uh, that's going to be an 800 part series. 800 part series with Ken Burns, and it will be uh, it will also feature black, lovingly restored black and white photography, where the camera will linger. If Ken listens to this, he's not going to come on. So I'm not. I he's like not, he's not listening. He's not listening. Point. You know, no one's listening. I, I bet my wife is not even listening. But those of you who have hung in this far, we have some phone questions. Hi, Tim. This is Wicked Machine from your blog, and I know it's kind of trite to ask desert island questions, but if you were stuck on a desert island. And Spice your Channel. only entertainment were a DVD set of one season of one show. Which show and which season would you pick? Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Wow, Wicked Machine from the from the Bastard Machine. You think that he struck up Wicked Machine as a as a title based on sort of as an homage? What do you think the chances are that he looks anything like Chris Isaac? Oh, that's true. I, well, probably. I, I'm thinking that anybody who watches or listens to the bastard machine or looks at it is probably a good looking person. <laughs> you were just, you're pandering in the first episode. Like, we've already started a pledge break. <laughs> That's beautiful. One show, a desert, I love the desert island stuff. Uh, I remember way back when Tower Records was in and they used to have that Tower Pulse and it was there, everybody was sending their desert island disc. What would you take on an island? It was great. Everybody. You're a former Tower employee. Is I'm it? a former Tower employee. I'm a former mu- music critic. So I had all, I was, I was down with that kind of like, what music would you bring to a, a desert? I don't want to be on a desert island, but but if I was, and Wicked Machine says one DVD, w- one season, that's tough because you know my knee jerk reaction is to say The Wire season one, but at some point you're on an island, right? You're on a desert island. It's bleak. It's it's West Baltimore. Everybody's getting shot. It's a drug war. How many times before I shoot myself in the head? I mean, you you think you might want a comedy? I I, I scratch that. I'm not gonna do. Uh, I wouldn't do The Wire. I think I would do. Season one of Arrested Development, because then I can you know, I laughs because you got to have a laugh. I mean, obviously I'm going to probably die out there. Who knows? You could be rescued. Not if anybody listened to this show. They would. No one would come by after this. But you could do your own podcast of one, <laughs> which is kind of like it is right now. But question, boy, you've been excellent today. Uh, no, I would go uh, Arrested Development because you you want to have some laughs out in the desert. Couple of thoughts, Tim. Uh, this is from Menlo Park. First of all, permalinks, they're good. Use them. Uh, Chronicle Podcast is kind of a cruddy uh, setup, at least as far as I started navigating around here. Granted, it was my first day, Uh, but the link you had to the Stephen Colbert interview took like seven pages of downpaging to find it. Uh, So use the permalinks, please. Uh, Big red button someplace on the bastard machine to link directly to just your podcasts would be great. 
and then the last issue is Heroes on Sci-Fi Channel. What the hell happened? Uh, suddenly I missed two episodes because that's where my TiVo subscription was, and my season pass didn't uh, pick up uh, the fact that it was no longer aired on Sci-Fi Channel, and for that matter, all of Sci-Fi Friday has completely disappeared. Um, don't know what happened, but I can't find much in the media about it, so give me some info. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Wow. There was a, there was a, lot, of, uh, a lot of negativity in that. There was. A lot of jargon that I didn't actually understand. Have you ever uh, seen the Sci-Fi Channel and the yeah, arrows? Yeah, of course. I, that now that I know, but the whole the, the whole thing about links and, and 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 big red He's buttons. Trying to help. It's you know it's the communal kind well, of wiki atmosphere. This of is the web. Exactly, wiki yeah. atmosphere. Wiki atmosphere. Wow, that's I like that's that. A, that's that's a, a, that's a, I do it's understand. It's a media writer actually. term. Yeah. Yeah. It's a media writer term, and you would know that. Uh, I would say. Let me just address this thing. I mean, this is this is like a restaurant with its soft opening. We're going to work right. out the bugs. You here. can't review the first for the first couple Absolutely months. Absolutely not, you know, because you don't, you don't see Bauer going into a restaurant the no. first week it's open. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, we're going to fix it. We're going to get the links on the on the bastard machine set up, and we're going to have a. We're, no, it's not going to be red. We're going to have Don Asmussen has done a cover art that will be our I guess our link to uh, future podcasts. So, uh, but his question directly about television related, after all that bitching and whining about the the links and stuff, was uh, <laughs> what I hate. A lot, there's there's a lot. In me, hate. No, me? no, there's a lot of hate from this from this caller. Well, I know there's a lot of hate in me, yeah. but there was. A, he was a little bit angry. Okay, but yeah. we're going to straighten that out so that he comes back next week and uh, fights his way through this uh, 87 minute podcast. You know, first of all, I don't think if you're going to record the heroes, you should be doing it on Sci Fi Channel because it really originates on NBC on Monday nights at nine. You know, that's the problem because you can't trust a, a second stream. You know, a business. It's a revenue stream. They're you know they all NBC Universal owns. Uh, on Sci-Fi Channel, and they're running the reruns of Heroes on there. But, you know, you can't trust that because it's not going to follow the, the dictates of, a, like, a set NBC schedule. So um, I don't know how to get those two two episodes back for him, although, you know, I will say it'll be rerun in the summer, so he can catch it then. Hi, Tim. What a wonderful idea. Another podcast that probably won't go on to my stupid iPod. Anyway, my question for you, my name is Carol Palenkis in Fremont, and um, my question for you has to do with technology and direct TV. Are you at all constrained about talking about the differences between satellite and, and cable in the area? My main question is how direct TV's HD is coming along and their DVR and what you think of it. And Are you using TiVo or their DVR and Ah, this is getting more bungled the longer I talk. But anyway, the question is, I guess, about the hard, the the, <laughs> the HD. I haven't had my coffee yet. Sorry. Um, thanks a lot. Bye bye. Wow, what is it with the? There's a lot of anger. Yeah, the, people come on and they they mock the podcast. They and mock then, the then podcast. they ask their question. Yeah, and then and then of course they touch the the subject which we know least about, or which I know least about, which is technology. And I think that if anybody has gotten this far, they realize. Oh God, no! Not another technology question. Which, who can who can get through it? But I will uh, address her question by saying that um, I do have Directv. I don't have um, Comcast. I switched over a couple of years ago, and I'm not con- I'm not constrained about talking about that at all. One of the problems that I ran into was that, um, not to get too geeky, but y- they're not using the TiVo uh, anymore for Directv. You have to get their version of it. And at the time that I had my setup. And I was getting local HD channels and and all that stuff. You had to have their specific, you know, to change your dish, and you had to get their specific um, DVR, which I haven't gotten yet. And so, consequently, I because I've got two small kids, 
I have really not used my Chronicle Bot HDTV as much as I should because I can't have the kids walking in on something that I can't pause and, and let them go. So, no, I haven't. Uh, um, I think that everything, from my knowledge, they're all of the DVR is available. Everything works uh, just swell, and I will be getting that uh, soon. Okay, that was our maiden voyage. That was our very very first TV talk machine, and probably our last because it was uh, spotty. What do you think, um, Question Boy? A lot spotty. Of... I thought there was it was jam packed of information. I'm, I was very upbeat about it. Uh, yeah, me too. I think there's some some stuff we'll 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 get through. We'll work through some of the glitches. We're we are low tech, lo fi operation. We're in the laboratory right now. We're creating something. You don't know which. <laughs> we are making history right now. Right. Uh, so I would like to thank Joe Garofoli, the Chronicles media writer, for uh, being the guinea pig for Question Boy. We're going to have you back as Question Boy. We're I, actually I would be have honored. Some, that'd be great. And we're going to have some uh, uh, special guests who will be Question Boy and Question Girl in the future. And you can tune back to uh, Tim Goodman's TV talk machine next week where we will have something entirely different and probably just as illuminating.